Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I want to talk about a great article that was published yesterday, August 23rd, uh, by Christopher Sharp in the Liberation Times. I know I've talked about this many, many times before uh, Liberation Times. It's a, it's a great source for uh, what's going on, the machinations ongoing within the Pentagon and Congress uh, in the effort to finally pry the truth away from the control group uh, that has been sitting on this secret of the UFO reality for decades. And uh, this most recent article, I think, is probably the best article I've seen that ever, actually, up to this point, the, to explain what has happened so far, what is what, what, how, how we got to where we are now with this Arrow office and where it started and what might uh, lie in the future. And basically, uh, it basically lays out how the... Pentagon is basically set this thing up to fail. Anyway, the the title of the article is People versus Pentagon: The Battle for UFO Transparency. And again, it's in the Liberation Times by Christopher Sharp. He's doing the best job possible to cover this, better than anybody else. Now, of course, as we know, uh, there have been uh, different stories that have been released over the last few years, including the original story by, about David Grush by Leslie Keen and Ralph Blumenthal, and also the original 2017 article uh, where the videos were, were leaked. That they, th Those two also wrote that article. They've done a great job, too, with these, with these kind of things. However, for the continuing coverage of this, I ha it has to go to Christopher Sharp with Liberation Times. I mean, this is an amazing uh, piece of reporting here as far as I'm concerned. And everyone, everyone in the UFO community should be uh, paying attention to Liberation Times because this is the best source resource I, I could find with regard to what's going on behind the scenes with the effort to uh, push for UFO disclosure. But anyway, the article is titled People versus Pentagon, The Battle for UFO Transparency. And I want to go through this article today and talk about it as I go through it. Uh, it says here, it was an un unidentified anomalous phenomena office designed for failure, and it was located within another office, one accused of persecuting UAP whistleblowers. At one time, it was led by a now tarnished executive secretary known his, for his vendetta against the director of a former UAP program. He's talking there about, of course, Gary Reed. And now, under a new name, the UAP office is missing in action, albeit for the private outburst on LinkedIn by its current director, which is Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, as we all know. It says here, if the Pentagon intended this to be their approach to a UAP investigation, then it appears designed to obscure the truth, create obstacles for Congress and the public, and downplay or dismiss the concerns of whistleblowers. And that's exactly how it has played out so far. Although we can only hope for better once it, it's expected and delayed class unclassified report is released in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, there's supposed to be a new report that we're going to be getting, but uh, we'll see how that turns out and what if, if anything uh, of interest is going to be in it. Uh, I, I have a feeling we're going to be disappointed when we do get that report. But anyway, uh, Christopher Sharp writes, but it could have been different. Step back into August 2020, the UAP Task Force, or UAPTF, was formally established by then-Deputy Secretary of Defense David L. Norquist. Its mission? To detect, analyze, and catalog UAP that could potentially pose a threat to U.S. national security. Upon the enactment of the United States National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, in January 2021, the UAPTF 
was entrusted with the challenging assignment of delivering a report to Congress within a mere six-month time frame. Faced with a colossal endeavor and limited resources at their disposal, the task force encountered a further setback when its director, Jay Stratton, was reassigned to different responsibilities, a move that could be interpreted as a potential act of deliberate hindrance. Yeah, it is. It, I, it is. I, I interpret it. I think I don't see how any other way it could be interpreted other than deliberate hindrance. When you have somebody there that like, like Stratton, who who wants to get the information out to the public, they replace him with somebody else who doesn't. I mean, because the Pentagon, you know, as I've always said, they don't want this out. They're, they're all there's a most certainly a segment within the Pentagon that wants to keep this secret for whatever reason along with uh, their associates within the military-industrial complex. Anyway, it says here, Consequently, the responsibility of crafting the report fell upon two additional members of the UAPTF, notwithstanding their existing full-time obligations and lack of budget. It was largely owing to their unwavering dedication to transparency and duty that a timely report was successfully delivered to Congress. This achievement's created the spark which propelled us to the present moment where we stand on the cusp of direct presidential engagement with this potentially paradigm-altering topic. Through the dedicated efforts of David Grush, a former senior intelligence officer who courageously stepped forward as a whistleblower, the UAPTF emerged as the catalyst for an extraordinary revelation. Leveraging Grush's extensive clearances and adeptness in navigating the intricacies of the intelligence community, and special access programs, an uncomfortable discovery came to light. This discovery exposed alleged covert activities related to the acquisition and reverse engineering of non-human origin craft, marking a moment of profound significance. However, despite unearthing substantial gaps in domain awareness and the seismic implications stemming from Grush's findings, the UAPTF faced dissolution. It was thrown to the dumps. Its excellent personnel were dispersed and its efforts squandered. Rather than persisting in its vital efforts to unearth the full scope of the severe security threats posed by UAP, along with the purported cover-ups and resulting persecutions, the Pentagon opted to relegate the UAP topic to obscurity. This was achieved by instituting the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, or OMSG. I just want to stop there for a second. I remember complaining about this when it was established, this OMSG. Like they make, they, they, it's almost like that's almost deliberate to me too. They, they I'll give, give the name for a UFO study group, something like OMSG, which doesn't make any sense. And just, it's, just, it's confusing. Anyone who hears that doesn't, they have no idea what it is. Anyway, continuing, America's UAP investigation was removed from the hands of those who sought to seek the truth and was instead placed with the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, or OUSDINS for short. When OUSDINS was proposed as the home of OMSG, former director of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, Lou Elizondo pleaded, please, please, please contact your representatives and let them know this is unacceptable and not in the best interest of the American people. The OUSDINS is the one single office that has continuously lied about this topic and persecuted whistleblowers. It was a move comparable to allowing President Nixon to lead the Watergate in, uh, investigation. At the time of Amsg's creation, the concerns were all laid out by Liberation Times. Now, the, in this article, there's various links to other articles if you need to 
uh, you know, refresh your memory on some of the other things that have, have gone on before. Uh, it's, it's very, this article again is very detailed with a lot of other links to other articles that you could read. Uh, anyway, it says here, Dis- disregarding the concerns voiced by Elizondo and a multitude of others, Congress, by permitting the Pentagon to situate OMSG within the OUSDINS, wasted a precious opportunity to unveil possible serious misconduct and vulnerabilities in national security. At the time, Congress had been creating its own legislation, covering its own successor to, successor to the UAPTF. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand had put forward an amendment known as the Gillibrand-Rubio Amendment within the National Defense Authorization Act, which would have established an alternative replacement for the UAPTF named the Anomaly Surveillance Tracking and Resolution Office, or ASTRO. Now, that would have been a good name. Other than being situated within the OUSDINS of great concern was the fact that OMSG exhibited significant deficiencies in its scope when compared to the ASTRO, including no reference to UAP being transmedium. The group would concentrate on airborne phenomena, ignoring any ocean and space activity that had been observed. No requirement for the development and implementation of a plan for collection and analysis, no application to incidents that occurred outside of special use airspace, no reference to unclassified public briefings, no study into to, into the physiological impact of UAP, which could indeed be impacting military personnel. Uh, as we know, that is a thing, and that was something that uh, uh, Gary Nolan was uh, studying. Uh, and then also, no provision for the recruitment of contractors or civilian experts. Of course, they don't want to have civilians in there. Oh, my God. Gosh, no. We can't have any civilians looking at this stuff. No requirement to consult foreign nations. No requirement to examine technical issues such as observed non-combustion propulsion. No accountability or explanation was required for agencies that withheld UAP data. There was no mention of the threat posed to nuclear assets, which may represent an urgent national security risk, and no requirement was included to provide unclassified findings to Congress and the public. <laughs> they were set up to, 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 to not work, to do nothing, basically. Uh, continuing here, it says, The flawed remit of the OMSG was proof that, at best, the Pentagon and intelligence community were ignorant. At worst, they were hostile regarding the investigation of UAP. Let me just stop there for a second. They were... <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're they're not ignorant. They're hostile. They're hostile. They've always been hostile. They've always been hostile to the public knowing anything about this for whatever reason. Anyway, continuing here, it says, Unfortunately, Congress was unable to push back against the DOD's OMSG enough. Despite provisions of Astro being included within OMSG, the OUSDI and S retained control over the office. OMSG represented a giant leap backward, and regrettably, it was a creation directed by Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks in close collaboration with Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines. Compounding the issue, both Haines and Hicks made matters worse upon its establishment. In an attempt to exercise oversight over OMSG, the Deputy Secretary directed OUSDINS to establish the Airborne Object Identification and Management Executive Council, a body consisting of members from the Department of Defense and the Intelligence Community. Well, of course, yeah, you're going to have members of the Department of Defense and Intelligence Community on, on, on they're, they're the ones covering it up. Anyway, continuing here, it says, This council aimed to facilitate interagency representation within the U.S. government. 
Why was it regrettable? Remarkably, the role of executive secretary was assigned to none other than the former disgraced director of defense intelligence, Gary Reed. This appointment came on the heels of his disastrous stint as director of DOD's crisis action group for Afghanistan. Reed was also the very person described by Lou Elizondo as one of the biggest obstacles to the DOD's investigations and public transparency of unidentified aerial phenomenon. Phenomena, excuse me. Appointing someone with Reed's background to oversee such a crucial matter was a decision that should have been avoided at all costs. It was all, let me just stop there. That decision was, it's all on, by design. These decisions that have been made within the Pentagon were all by design to, because they don't want this to come out. They don't want people to know what's going on and they, they're continuing to cover this up and, and they're they're doing everything they can to prevent Congress from getting more information. That's what's been going on here. Anyway, continuing here, it says, with the OUSDI and S and Reed's track record, the OMS pro- progress was expectedly slow. It wasn't until July 2022 that its director was appointed. His name, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who, was previous, who previously served as chief, chief scientist at the Defense Intelligence Agency's Missile and Space Intelligence Center. Upon the announcement of Dr. Kirkpatrick's appointment, there was an awkward acknowledgement of the shortcomings of OMSG. As a result, the somewhat challenging to pronounce OMSG was revamped and rebranded into the more approachable acronym ARROW, which stands for All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. This corrected a mistake committed months before when OMSG was chosen instead of the much more pronounceable ASTRO. Now, a lot of people out there might think that this isn't a big deal, but it is. When you're just calling some sort of an agency OMSG, you know, people don't know what that means. People don't, it doesn't sound exciting. It sounds bureaucratic. That's all by design. It's all to add to confusion and the, to uh, basically spur disinterest. Anyway, continuing here. To many onlookers today, Dr. Kirkpatrick has been a disappointment in the role. Liberation Times understands that whistleblowers who have spoken to him are left disappointed and frustrated. Some find that he simply does not take their accounts seriously. Many whistleblowers were left deflated when he stated at a public hearing that the Arrow had, quote, found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics, end quote. Highly cleared intelligence and defense insiders with a firm understanding of the UAP problem and privy to classified information found that that statement to be 100% disingenuous. Now the Arrow has found itself in a position where no whistleblower trusts its director. Firstly, his public statements have undermined their own discoveries. Secondly, why would they speak to an office located within OUSDINS, a place alleged to have previously persecuted UAP whistleblowers? And then it also talks about how Kirkpatrick misrepresented uh, David Grush's association with the Arrow in an apparent attempt to undermine mine him, which made matters even worse. Uh, even though Kirkpatrick acknowledged the presence of inexplicable spherical objects consistently captured by military and intelligence systems, there has been no recognition of UAP existing hypersonic capabilities and frequently entering Earth's atmosphere from space, something sources have repeatedly told Liberation Times. Numerous videos not presented by Kirkpatrick depict UAP descending into the ocean without causing a splash and showcase objects hovering motionlessly before abruptly darting away. The arrow is failing in many ways currently. Even if whistleblowers decided 
desired to step forward to the arrow. There was no readily available contact number or email address made public. This fundamental task, which the office has failed to fulfill, remains unaddressed. Further, yeah, it's almost like they don't even want you to contact them. That's how it's set up. Furthermore, its most recent report has delayed a task that the UAPTF managed to achieve with fewer resources. Given OUSDINS's control over the arrow, this result might have been foreseeable. One could raise inquiries regarding whether OUSDINS even ever harbored genuine intentions for the success of the UAP office, and what more effective manner to undermine its own endeavors than by selecting an inappropriate individual for the role of director. Arrow only secured the necessary funding weeks ago, largely due to the, to the determined efforts of senators, including Kirsten Gillibrand. Uh, yeah, that was another thing. They they weren't uh, they weren't funded properly, and they just got the money. And it's amazing. Uh, again, the Pentagon doesn't care. They didn't want to fund it. They didn't care about funding this. They don't because they want this thing to go away. Nonetheless, the crucial office has been operating under insufficient funding since its establishment. This deficiency became even more glaring after the February 2023 shootdown incidents over North America, as it expo- as it exposed a blatant national security risk. Earlier this year at a public hearing, Gillibrand, who chairs the Armed Services Subcommittee on Emerging Threats and Capabilities, asked why the Arrow was underfunded for the second year in a row. I was disappointed that for the second year in a row, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or Arrow, was not fully funded in the department's budget request, understanding that we cannot get into specific budget figures in this forum. Can you discuss why Arrow was not fully funded? And this is where uh, Michael McCord, the Undersecretary of Defense, suggested that Colt M- Ronald Moultrie, who's the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, had not relayed any concerns or requests for further funding. And his, here's what McCord said. Senator, I don't have any information from my colleague Moultrie that he needed additional funding in this area. It's a relatively new office. We're standing up. So I was under the impression that I'm under that, that we have adequate funding for the relatively new state of this, but I will double back with him if there's a concern. Moultrie was supposed to lead the Arrows Executive Council, and instead of cheerleading its efforts and advocating for further funding, McCord suggests no funding concerns were ever expressed. Yeah, they weren't. Cons- why would they be expressed? Moultrie's part of the Pentagon. He doesn't want. They don't want. They don't want to fund this office. They don't want to put any money up to for it. They don't care. They don't want anyone to know about what's going on. They want to keep this a secret for whatever reason. Anyway, at this juncture, the failure isn't solely attributed to OUSD and INS. It's also a lapse on the part of those entrusted with leading America's UAP initiatives. This includes both the Deputy Secretary of Defense, Kathleen Hicks, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, run by Avril Haines. Both Haynes and Hicks were responsible for creating a UAP office within the OUSDINS, which also undermined Congress's own efforts at the time. Their offices will now assume responsibility from the OUSDINS for the arrow moving forward, although it should be noted that, as per legislation, Kirkpatrick will report to the principal deputy director of national intelligence, Stacey Dixon, not directly to Haynes. Uh, and also says here is a note that the Liberation Times is seeking confirmation that Dixon's portfolio does now cover the arrow. Uh, given the historical performance of Hicks and Haynes, the uh, the person who Dixon reports to, 
there's little reason to anticipate anything but further disappointment, but with greater White House awareness and congressional scrutiny, that may change. If the UAPTF has been permitted to continue, if, excuse me, if the UAPTF had been permitted to continue and grow under the stewardship of advocates within the Pentagon and the intelligence community, there's a chance that the programs exposed by Grush could have been verified. This could have potentially propelled us towards substantial advancements and understanding the profound national security implications brought about by UAP, as well as the existence of alleged illegal programs operating without proper democratic oversight. Hope is not lost, though. Yeah, well, yeah, hope isn't lost. That's not over yet. I think as long as our Congress people keep fighting, keep keep opening their mouths, then we're going to get somewhere. We got to we got to stay loud about it. Uh, but I have other uh, problems. I'll, I'll talk about some of the other issues that I have uh, when I get to the end of this article but it says here change under hicks and dixon as the arrow becomes firmly established under the purview of hicks and dixon an opening emerges to reevaluate leadership by appointing a reliable champion to oversee the arrow's operations this individual should possess possess the adeptness to navigate bureaucratic complexities and effectively verify allegations pertaining to crash retrieval and reverse engineering initiatives but Maybe a change in leadership is not needed and Dr. Kirkpatrick has been treated unfairly. <clears throat> Let me just stop there. I just want to say I think that Kirkpatrick needs to be replaced. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I, I think after his outburst, after the hearing where he complained about Grush and the Congress and all that kind of stuff, I think I think he needs to be removed. I think somebody else in there, <clears throat> uh, somebody who has not, uh, I, I we need somebody else in there. I'll just leave it at that. Perhaps Kirkpatrick remains in position as, and is given a fair chance outside of the OUSDINS. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's going to operate outside of the OUSDINS and Kirkpatrick is still there, I, I, I you, if any, if it, go, if it goes wrong, he's going to be blamed for it, and, and they're going to say, well, he's just acting in, uh, with what the, uh, the Pentagon wants him to do. I, I you got to get him out of there. Get somebody else in there that's not. Uh, not not connected with the Pentagon. Just get somebody off the somebody that's not even within government right now. That's who should be directing this. Somebody who's a scientist that's not in, in government. Like how about the like approach somebody like a Gary Nolan or something like that. Get somebody in there who's who who uh, well, wants to get the truth out. Who knows that there's a cover up and wants to end this all, all this nonsense instead of playing these games and and going in and, and telling Congress, oh, we have absolutely zero proof of anything, even though you had people uh, talking to you behind the scenes, uh, uh, like Robert Solis telling you about the incidents that uh, that he was that he was a witness to when the when uh, a UFO shut down uh, our nuclear uh, missiles back in 1967. Uh, you can't have someone like Kirkpatrick in there. It's time to get rid of him. Anyway, after all, it is not his fault that his proposed public-facing interface website for whistleblowers still has not been approved by OUSDINS, despite being submitted last year. Nonetheless, the arrow can still be crucial in providing progress that the Congress and public seek. And another uh, thing that we have, where he says we have hope here, it says new legislation and White House involvement. Presently, a legislative proposal has emerged with the aim of unveiling non-human materials held by defense contractors. It's worth noting that certain segments within defense contractors may be inclined to collaborate with Congress in the event this legislation is passed. 
Beyond this, the legislation is designed to establish a UAP review board consisting of nine U.S. citizens nominated by the President of the United States. This board would wield the authority to evaluate and offer guidance on the disclosure of UAP-related information and records. The review board stands as a promising conduit between the government and the public, offering the potential to mend trust. Previously relegated under the jurisdiction of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, the issue of potential non-human intelligence would rest with the U.S. President. Now, I just want to make a comment about this nine-member board. You know, it talks about having people on there like historians and things like that. How about UFO historians, like a, some UFO historians? How about someone like Richard Dolan? I, I like to nominate Richard Dolan. Uh, you know, somebody who's written books in, on this and studied this. Why don't we get people on this? If, if this does come to pass, if the legislation all ends up passing it, uh, and we do, do get this nine-panel board, I would hope that the president, uh, instead of putting bureaucrats on there, why, why not put people on this board who have actually studied UFOs? Right and not debunkers. They're, they're not people who really study UFOs. Get don't don't, don't consider that. Get people on there who have who actually study this this stuff and have been objective about it. Get people on there like that. Anyway, continuing here, intelligence community inspector general investigation. Now this is another uh, avenue of hope for the UFO community. Uh, according to Christopher Sharp. A pertinent factor to consider is the ongoing investigation by the Intelligence Community Inspector General Thomas Monheim into Russia's allegations of illegal UAP retrieval and reverse engineering programs. The Inspector General deemed the allegations to be credible and urgent in July of 2022. Just this week, Representative Tim Burchett, who led the recent UAP Oversight Committee and signed by members of a new UAP caucus in Congress, wrote to the Inspector General requesting further details relating to the names and locations connected with alleged retrieval and reverse engineering programs. Yeah, that was what I was talking about in the previous podcast, how there has been a letter sent to Monheim, and hopefully he responds positively. Instead of this continuing cover-up, Anyway, uh, says here, a response has been requested before September 15th, or if classified, uh, September 26th. There is no certainty that answers will be provided to the representatives due to classification reasons. However, a growing number of politicians will not stop pressing for answers from bureaucrats. For the politicians involved, this topic goes beyond UAP. Instead, it represents an existential threat to United States democracy. Representative Luna told Liberation Times last month, when you have a government that's hiding information from its citizens, you no longer have a representative government. Representatives will hope that their Senate colleagues can match their own determination in the months to come. Yes, we do hope that. And I will, will say that Luna is absolutely completely correct uh, by, with that statement because that's what it is. I, I talk about this all the time on this podcast. I was like, I mean, we have people who we elect to, to, to serve us, right? And they're the ones that they should have, inform, they, they should be the ones uh, looking at this information. I mean, and, and telling us what it is. Instead, we have this secret government within the government that's uh, that keeps keeps it from the public. We need to know what it is, whatever it is. Who cares? Who cares if they don't know what they don't know about? It? It's the biggest story of all time. We we want to know what you know. Anyway, continuing here, the UAP Select Committee, another avenue of uh, hope according to Sharp. An additional avenue emerges through the proposed UAP Select Committee within the House of Representatives. On July 27th, Representatives Matt Gates, Tim Burchett, Anna Paula Luna, and Jarrett Moskowitz penned a letter addressed 
to Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy urging the establishment of this committee. Should this committee come to fruition, it could bestow Congress with formidable authority to hold the government accountable concerning UAP matters. In the possible event that any abuses come to light, a scenario akin to the church committee could ensue, reminiscent of the investigation that began with the U.S. Army's surveillance of civilians and led to the revelation of the CIA's Operation MK Ultra, entailing the drugging and torment of unwitting U.S. citizens in the name of mind control experimentation. Notably, despite some political tensions growing, Congress is still actively addressing the UAP issue in a bipartisan manner. I want to stop there. Yeah. Uh, that's one good thing. Of all the things going on, at least they are addressing it. And, you know, it seems like both sides are uh, uh, with the same focus on here. Unless unless you're like someone like Representative Mike Turner out of Ohio, who happens to be the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, who receives lots of money from the uh, military industrial complex, from defense contractors. Uh, so he's been going on Fox News saying that this is all bogus and nonsense and silly and stuff like that. Uh, unless you're someone like him. All right, in Congress, uh, it seems like a lot of these people are, are want, want to think it's time. They think it's time, you know, to end this nonsense. Continuing here, it says Liberation Times understands that plans are in motion to conduct hearings in the Senate. The Pentagon's influence has brought uncertainty regarding new House hearings for now. But following the House Oversight Committee's hearing, the appetite for UAP transparency has never been greater within Congress. That hearing has provided a huge spark that can light the way forward. Among those expected to speak at any future hearings are whistleblowers possessing direct involvement with alleged illicit UAP programs, individuals who have come into contact with the crafts and encountered the non-human beings associated with them. You know, I just want to stop there for a second. Now, that's going to be interesting once we get to that point, if we can get to that point. Once we get to the point where we actually have the people themselves who are handling these things, direct knowledge of it. Now, of course, Grush talked to a lot of these people. He saw some documentation that corroborated what they were telling him. But we need to get these people, the, the people who have direct access to this stuff, the people who believe who are working on the inside, who have seen these things and handle these things with their own hands, right? And uh, we need those people testifying under oath. And then let's see what the debunkers and, and morons and skeptics have to say. Uh, continuing here, it says, These developments are historic and paradigm-changing. As you read this, influential figures within Congress are strategically aligning themselves with the unfolding events, knowing that history will remember them. That is true. History will remember the people that, that finally cracked this thing open. Uh, there is a reason why the proposed nine-member UAP review board will include a historian, economist, and sociologist. Major disclosures may be ahead of us, and the implications could be far-reaching. Now, i got to say again, that's a great article by Christopher Sharp. Bravo, bravo. Uh, this is the kind of stuff. You know, this is the Liberation Times right now is the best place. Uh, if you haven't, check it out. There, he, you could, uh, If you like his content and you, you could support his website, uh, he has a place there. You, you could be a patron to him. Uh, you know, This guy's doing it all on his own here, apparently. I, I don't know if, where he's getting any help from, but he's the one who's reporting this stuff. He has a lot of inside... Uh, uh, insider 
contacts and, and it's great stuff on a regular basis he, he takes his time there these articles are you know this isn't something that takes you know one day to slap together this is something that you know takes a long time to put together and somebody who's really paying attention to the uh like i said earlier the machinations unfolding behind the scenes and this guy has his uh, finger on the pulse of the, better than anybody out there so liberation times congratulations for a fantastic piece of reporting uh this is great stuff. It's an update that uh, I, I don't think anybody else would have been. <laughs> nobody else is doing anything like this, right? You, you get a lot of nonsense from the mainstream news, right? There are people that aren't really paying attention, and you get these half-assed articles, even worse than half-assed. This is not half-assed. This is fully researched. This is fantastic stuff. It's some of the best reporting I've seen. Actually, the best reporting right now uh, I've seen with when it comes to the UFO topic. Uh, are we going to get anywhere? I, I really hope so. Uh, I, I hope that this continues. I think we are. I, 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 I'm still optimistic. I feel like there are people within Congress. Uh, it's bipartisan, as we as we know. There are you know there's Kirsten Gillibrand, Tim Burchett, uh, Schumer. Uh, there's a lot of people right now. Luna. You know, even though they're on opposite sides of the aisle, they're working together when it comes to this, and they got to keep pushing with this. Uh, a lot. I, I believe a lot of these people know that. <laughs> they've seen enough they know they know more than a lot of the people in the public do right now and uh they've seen enough and that's why i think it's going to continue uh but the issue that i have is that it's like oh it's like in plain sight you read this it's like you see how the pentagon how these officials in the pentagon just push keep pushing back they're deliberately doing these things one thing i will say now yesterday last night i haven't i I didn't watch it or anything but i i've i've saw i've seen some reports about it it was a republican uh GOP presidential debate and uh the the question came up about UFOs uh, and it was the, the whole audience was laughing about it the the reporter the, the the who was asking the question to one of the uh one of the candidates Chris Christie she was laughing it just it sound they, these people are idiots I'm telling you right now there's too many idiots amongst us when it comes to this topic this is a serious topic and there's there's are a lot of people who are not taking this seriously uh, it was, you know, when people bring up UFOs, it seems like a, there's a good uh, chunk of the public that just thinks it's funny. They think it's silly for some reason. When it's not, it's actually very serious. There's a presence here that's not human on Earth. I don't know what's what, what's. It's not a laughing matter. It, uh, if anything, it could be it could be a serious matter. Actually, we don't know what's going on here or what they're up to. It's a serious matter. It's actually really happening. I don't know what you're laughing at. But anyway. Uh, yeah, again, I just want to, I, I got to say, Christopher Sharp, keep up this great work. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. Uh, it's the best best reporting we have on the UFO subject that, right now. Now, I do, you know, there are other people out there, like I said, I want to make sure, you know, you know, uh, Leslie Keen, Ralph Blumenthal, they have, they've had their, their articles here and there, right? Really good articles, well-researched, uh, groundbreaking articles. Uh, you have News Nation, which has been reporting on this on a regular basis, it seems. They're doing a really good job, I think, better than any other uh, co- sort of television or cable news. Right? They're doing the best job right now. And then uh, when it comes to the reporting, basically what's going on in the Congress, Christopher Sharp, Liberation Times, A number one, top of the heap, no question about it. This, is, this, this article here is... 
check it out check out the website if you haven't checked it out already i highly recommend it it, it doesn't get better than this this is the best reporting on the uh ongoing the, the the goings on of of the u the effort within uh washington to end this uh ufo secrecy stuff once and for all there's no better reporting than what what you're seeing from christopher sharp at, at the liberation times anyway uh thank you for joining me until next time